Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. And I want to ask everybody to join us on October 4th to meet some of BC's fastest growing companies when Business in Vancouver presents the 2018 Top 100 Fastest Growing Companies Reception. Now, this networking reception highlights the achievements of companies across the province that have shown remarkable growth over the last five years. A little later on today, we are going to speak to the CEO of A Lot. That stands for A Higher Level of Thought. Greg Panelik, he explains why his company wants to pay Canadians as much as $1,000 a month to smoke cannabis. It is a real job, I swear. And we're also going to talk about the Vancouver Island tech scene. I think it often goes a little bit overlooked, but this weekend marks the fifth annual Startup Slam in Victoria, and we're speaking to Send With Us co-founder Brad Von Vute about the challenges facing this sector. That's right now. Startup Slam is showcasing one of the most vibrant and oftentimes overlooked tech scenes here in Canada. On September 22nd, more than 500 people are expected to descend on the University of Victoria for workshops and networking opportunities aimed at boosting the startup scene on Vancouver Island. Joining us today from Victoria, it's one of the founders of the event. It is Brand Van Vute. He is the co-founder of another tech company over on the island that is Send With Us. Brad, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. So let's flash back to uh, say the year 2014 when you guys first decided to get in your heads to to launch something like this. Uh, what was going on in the scene? I, like, I'm curious, what was kind of the impetus for you guys to get going with an event like this? Yeah, I think so. So back in 2014, we were we were very very new as a company. Um, we had just come back. We had participated in a in an accelerator program down in the states, and so we had just come back to Victoria and set up our, our first office here. Um, and what we saw when we got here, when we like we 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 settled down, we decided, okay, now's the time. Like, let's actually try to grow this thing. Let's try to build a real company here in Victoria. And we took a look at what we would need to make that happen in the short term, and we took a hard look at what we would need to make it happen in the long term to hit our long term goals. And what we learned is is there's a there's a very as you said there's a vibrant and very interesting tech community here in Victoria, but they're very soft spoken. There's like there's little pockets of it here and there, and if you know where to look, it's awesome and it's great and they're amazing people. But we're not very good at being loud about it. We're not very good at being outspoken about it. Um, and so, what my what my co-founder and I did when we when we created the event and startups them is one of many events that we run. Um, but the 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 reason behind it, the motivations were behind it, were really like a long-term vision for the community. We wanted to make sure that there was a, a community of technical talent, there was a, an, a good outflow of engineers from local schools um, that could uh, sustain and help us build the company that we want to build here in Victoria. And so that, that's where Startup Slam came to be. It was, it's really a part of us looking to grow a long-term community. Well, tell me a little bit, if somebody's, you know, stopping by on Saturday, looking at what's going on here, what can they expect from an event like this? Uh, yeah, from you're, you're going to expect to get a, a very wide introduction to, to the tech community here. Um, you're going to see a lot of different smart people um, from, you're going to see like a, a very wide representation uh, from the, the companies that are here, from gaming companies to SaaS companies to enterprise companies. Um, to consumer and mobile companies, 
uh, they're all they're all going to be they're all going to be talking about things that they're excited and passionate about. And so, if you are at all interested in the, the tech scene or even just the entrepreneurial scene, you know, like the entrepreneurial aspect of startups, there's going to be something there for you. I got to ask you this because you look at what's going on in Vancouver. One of the big issues is kind of that hunt for talent. Do you think there's going to be an opportunity for some of the Victoria companies to, I don't know, convince each other that they can be stronger together, scoop up some of that Vancouver talent that might be put off a little bit by the expensive housing issues that we're facing here? Although I, I, I totally recognize that housing hasn't gotten super, super cheap in Victoria all of a sudden. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a little it's a little better here for sure, but it's not it's not much better. Um, I I think that recruiting is a is a challenge also on the island. I think we we experience very much the same thing that that startups in Vancouver experience. Uh, from a from a recruitment aspect, I think um, we're, we're approaching this from from two angles, and we're we're working with other communities and we're working with local government as much as we can to to make this better and to to improve this. But we're actually focusing on. Um, attracting out of province talent to BC. Like it doesn't even matter if we, if we get someone to move from Toronto or Waterloo or Montreal to Vancouver to join a tech company, that's great. If they come to the Island and join a tech company, that's also great. Um, But that's, that's where the majority of of our, of our effort goes. Um, And what's, what's interesting there is like we find when it comes to Victoria and and Vancouver Island specifically, we find the, the major hurdle um, to bringing, to bringing out of province talent, especially senior talent, to the city and to the to the tech community here is it, it isn't you know it's easy to pitch the lifestyle of vancouver island and, and, and bc um but uh it's hard to get senior talent out here that see a career for them in tech so mm-hmm. you know we can we can pitch you know come out here and join our team um but they don't want to see just one company doing well they don't want to see just one company raising money and, and, and running running events like this and building the community they want to see you know, a dozen or two dozen companies. They want to know that there's a career for them here. And, and that's what Startup Slam is, is about, right? It's about shining a light on all the different things you could be doing, all the, all the amazing people that are here and doing very interesting and global scale things. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, for you, when, when you guys first launched Send With Us, I mean, what was maybe the number one challenge you had being, you know, that early stage company that you wish you could maybe go back in time and, and tell your younger self, hey, uh, here's what you could have done to be even more successful here on the island? <laughs> I, think, I think there's a trap that a lot of, um, and this, this might be, um, or there's a trap that a lot of early entrepreneurs fall into, especially in Canada. I, I see this a lot when I talk to Canadian entrepreneurs or, or Canadian companies that are just starting out. Is they 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 target local markets. They they target their friends and their family and and, and people that they know, and they, they try to sell into those communities. So we'll hear we'll often hear like, oh, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna build an app and we're gonna market it in, in BC or Vancouver. We're gonna target Toronto markets. Um, and and we did something very very similar where we targeted our friends and family. What I, what I wish we did, and what we always what my co-founder and I are constantly telling other founders to do is just just get out of get out of Canada, hit larger markets sooner, right? Get on a plane go to San Francisco, go to New York, go to, you don't have to go to those cities, but go to wherever the largest population of your customers are um, and start building networks and relationships there. Just just get on a plane and get out of Canada. I wish we had done that, you know, months sooner than we did. So do you think that's one of the kind of the keys that, you know, Vancouver and Victoria share is just that easy access to the United States market that's, look, yeah, it is interesting because I, I recall that there was the uh, Startup Genome Report that came out uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, 
And they're really emphasizing the fact that, you know, the startup scene in Vancouver, and I guess for British Columbia, it really benefits from the fact that it has this market access to one of the largest markets in the world period. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've, we've learned, it took us a couple of years, but we've learned to really take advantage of that. Um, we, I mean, we, we have a split office. We have an office in San Francisco and, and my co-founder is down there full time. He runs our sales and marketing teams out of there just because that's where not only where our customers are, but it's where the customers we want are, right? Like that's, that's, that's who we want to be selling to. And if, if we're not, you know, if Sem with us isn't in San Francisco, then someone else is going to be doing what we do in San Francisco and they're just going to capture a larger market than us. I'm also curious, though, uh, with regards to raising capital, is that an even bigger challenge, though, just because is the expectation you're going to have to make a lot of business trips if you're based on the island, if you want to be able to raise capital in this particular climate? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I think, I think that goes hand in hand with the kind of growth that you would need in order to raise capital, right? Like if you're looking to raise like institutional venture, venture funding, um, they're going to want to see you know, the, those, those sorts of investors are, are, are happy with travel spend. They, that makes sense to them, right? That's, that's what they want you to be doing. That's what they want you to be spending that money on. That's why that's a great reason to raise. Um, and so I, I don't see that as a hurdle so much as like kind of, uh, kind of a checkbox. And tell me a little bit, uh, we can make this topical as well, but I, I was looking through the agenda that you guys have going on and there's a workshop dedicated to game design. And, you know, I, I think it is interesting to think that if uh, you picture the island, there's actually quite a thriving like game community there. You, you have a virtual reality studio like over in Parksville. I know that mobile gaming is really taking off. Uh, I don't know. I, and I, I don't want to uh, be dismissive of what's going on here in Vancouver. But of course, we did find out this week that Capcom is closing its uh, Burnaby office. Do you think yeah. there is the potential to try to entice some of those Capcom workers to come over to the island, consider what the gaming ecosystem has to offer on, in Victoria versus Vancouver? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I know, you know, I know a couple of other companies that are already that are already trying to head down that path. I think a, a lot of the tech on the island has its roots in gaming. There are, you know, a handful of successful uh, early stage companies and then early stage exits. Um, and so there's a lot of really strong gaming talent on the island. Um, there's there's less, you know, there's less so when it comes to um, consumer. There's less so when it comes to enterprise. We we uh, we're a B two E company, so we sell SaaS products to enterprises. Um, but we're you know we're pretty rare for this community. Definitely, gaming is is has a much larger footprint um, and much stronger talent pool. And so the fact that we could attract, um, you know, more senior talent from Vancouver in in, in the gaming industry makes a ton of sense. Yeah, uh, just very interesting stuff that's going on here. I'm curious, though, look, if you look back over the last five years since you guys launched this, uh, you, you mentioned at the very start that maybe the community is a little too quiet. Have you noticed people getting a little bit louder, maybe people willing to lean on their you know, compatriots a little bit more to see you know, how you can really be successful in the island community? Yeah, totally. And it, it's it's been harder than I would like to admit, right, to get that going, to get those conversations going. But the sort of same, like I said, sort of same is one. It's one way that we that we approach this, and it's it's one of our bigger ways. But we also um, we hold a lot of um, meetups or or like invite only meetup uh, for founder groups and CTO groups and technical leaders and sales leaders, um, and just trying to like get more uh, collaboration, like you said, just working together on some of these problems. So I think over the last um, six years or so, there's been a lot of 
a lot more communication within Victoria. A lot of the a lot of the a lot of the people here are starting to know each other and starting to rely on each other more. What we haven't seen is like a lot of it's a lot of strong communication outside of Victoria, right? And so this is this is what I want to see, and this is where we this is where I would like to take Startup Slam. Um, we started to do it a little bit this year, but like I want to take these events in the in the in the coming years. I want to start uh, drawing audiences from from Vancouver, drawing audiences from Seattle. And I think that's very much possible. But I think that's that's the next step here. So we're we're getting better at talking internally. We're still not great at talking externally. Well, very exciting times for the islands. A beautiful place to be, and it's very cool to see just how much this tech sector is really thriving in Victoria. And uh, Brad, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. That's Brad Von Vute. He is the co-founder of Send With Us, and he's also overseeing this weekend's Startup Slam over in Victoria. Up next, we are going to speak to the CEO of Alot. It is a company that plans to pay people for a certain uh, service with regards to cannabis that I think they're going to be getting a lot of applications for. That's in just a moment. As the legalization date for recreational cannabis creeps closer and closer, more people are looking to make money off this new industry. So can you actually make money from smoking marijuana? Joining us today from Toronto, it's Greg Pantelic. He is the CEO of A Lot. It sounds it uh, stands in for a higher level of thoughts. Greg, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Sure. Thanks for having me. So before we talk about maybe the qualifications of this new job that I alluded to, and, I, and I'm sure you're getting a lot of applications, tell me exactly what the business play is here. Uh, why do you need kind of these uh, professional cannabis consumers, so to speak? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background kind of on, on our customer and where the uh, the Cannabis Curation Committee kind of fits into that. So, you know, our customer is a modern, high-performing cannabis consumer. But like all Canadians, you know, come October 17th, come recreational legalization, they have no idea what's going to hit them. You know, what we say internally is that customers will experience a tsunami of choice. And, you know, we're Ontario-based, but I can give you some Canadian facts here across the board. You know, there's over 100 different licensed producers uh, across Canada. There's about 700 more in the queue. And there's countless amounts of craft producers uh, waiting to come online as well. And this is all fantastic for the industry. Uh, it's all fantastic for the end consumer. Um, you know, there's going to be each one of these brands, each one of, or sorry, each one of these producers have their own brands, have their own strains. So all this choice, this results in what we call that tsunami of choice. And that's fantastic for the end consumer, but it's very, very difficult to navigate that. Uh, ultimately, it's a really big responsibility to help consumers navigate that. Otherwise, the experience is going to be very poor. It's like throwing darts, which can be very costly uh, in terms of uh, a consumer being able to identify what strain is right for them, where do they start. You know, we always liken it to the, um, to the alcohol and beverage industry. Right. Um, you know, you might be a no matter if you've been an experienced cannabis consumer or you're brand new and, and you're just walking into a new legal environment. Uh, bottom line is yeah, you're going to be a new consumer and uh, every new consumer is an explorer. It's just like when you walk, if you've been be a, a craft beer drinker and you walk into one of these new breweries, uh, you're going to be inundated with all the choice. And the way that uh, uh, that industry solves the problem is by offering a flight of beer. Right? And what's interesting is when we did our research, 20% of consumers actually purchased that flight of beer to solve that problem of choice, and then 90% end up purchasing a full pint. 
So that flight of beer, that's basically what we did to solve that problem of choice in cannabis. And we did that with our inaugural product, the Allot Cannabis Collections Discovery Series Volume 1. Uh, but it's such a big responsibility to help consumers navigate uh, the tsunami of choice that we don't feel it should fall on any one person's shoulders. And that's ultimately why we're forming this Cannabis Curation Committee. So maybe to extend that metaphor just a little bit, what you guys want to do is prevent, you know, that novice beer drinker, the, the person who's only had like a Bud Light from going in and ordering a pint of a, of a really hoppy IPA as their first, you know, drink. You, you want to make sure that they're finding something suitable for them right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's, I mean, that's really what, because it can be very expensive, right? You might be purchasing a full pint, a full pint, a full pint. And then before you know it, you, you might have, you might be three pints deep or, you know, 30, 30 plus dollars deep yeah. and you still haven't found the right thing for you. And that's why, you know, that industry solves it with, uh, with, with a flight of beer. If you look at a, another industry, um, you know, per, the perfume and fragrance industry, they offer uh, a sample packs there too. Cause you know, that's a, that's a, that's a very considered hundred or $120 purchase. So, you know, you purchase just a sample pack there, find out what fragrance is right for you, and then you're able to to make an informed and educated decision on and and, and, and invest in the right product. So it's the same thing we did. We have, you know, with our inaugural product, there are five different licensed producers. Um, the first time ever that five different licensed producers are all under the same roof, all for the benefit of that end consumer. And it allows them to identify which, um, you know, which products are kind of right for them. Well, tell me a little bit about this job opportunity, though. Like, what kind of worker are you looking for? What would the job expectations be for this? Yeah, you know, it's it's not dissimilar to any, uh, you know, to the wine industry uh, where, you know, there's a sommelier who can, you know, decipher specific tasting notes and speak to the experience of each wine. And that's really what we're looking for from our Canvas Curation Committee. You know, the makeup of it, um, you know, I guess... Taking a step back, as uh, you know, as my business partner Martin would say, we're a transmodern brand focused on you know taking the best of what's come before us and mixing it in with today's rapidly evolving environment, and that's that's a brand and a company built on diversity and inclusion. And we would want our curation committee to consist of up to five members that will be representative of Canadian cannabis consumers from across the country, right? And that can include everyone from you know, uh, uh, recreational users to medical users to Canadians that include cannabis as part of a healthy and active lifestyle, uh, to creatives, to suits and executives, uh, to, to past activists that are looking to bring their years of expertise to the legal market, right? So, um, really kind of diverse set that we're looking for. And, you know, the role itself, uh, uh involves, Involves, uh, you know, evaluating uh, uh, different different strains for, you know, like I said, similar to sommelier, right? Looking at their uh, their uh, flavor flavor profiles, their fragrance profiles, their terpene profiles, and 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 ultimately the effects um, of those different strains, and uh, you know, allow those um, uh, curate those strains and, and inform Canadians around what kind of experiences they can they can expect from these different strains. Uh, so, Greg, on our show a couple weeks back, we spoke to the head of the BC Liquor Distribution Branch, who, who is overseeing the cannabis industry here in British Columbia. And, and we got an idea of what to expect from the retail experience, which it, it seems like a very sterile environment. You're not really going to get a sense of what the options are. Is that where like a company like yours is really able to come in and fill in a lot of those blanks that exist with just marketing opportunities? Because we know that people are going to be looking at like blank packages that might have like a, a small sticker on it, and that's how they kind of get to make a decision. 
Yeah, 100%. You know, when we talked about that problem of choice, I think that's compounded by, you know, some of the, the, the very strict federal uh, uh, packaging, marketing, and branding regulations. We say internally that it results in a sea of sameness, right? So, and any brand that you may or may not have been familiar with, um, you know, come come October 17th, they're all kind of going to look the same. And that's why the need to curate, the need to solve that problem of choice for the consumer is even amplified. Right here in Ontario, um, you know, product will only be sold uh, uh, online out of the gate, right? So you don't even have the opportunity to speak to to a to a bud tender or, or a retailer about, hey, what, what do you recommend, right? So solving that problem of choice for the end consumer is very fundamental to us as a curation brand. Um, and you know it's interesting in uh, uh, in in BC or in in retail environments. You know that problem of choice extends to the retailer itself. You know not only because because everyone's new to the industry. So sometimes if I come into a, a new retail environment and I ask, hey, what's good? What do I recommend? Uh, it's, it might be difficult for 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 a retailer to recommend anything because everything is brand new. So that the the Allot Cannabis Collections products are designed to solve that problem of choice for both the end consumer and ultimately for the end retailer too, to be able to provide the consumer with an easy recommendation for them to identify which strains are ideal for them. Well, you alluded to it earlier, and I am curious about where you think like maybe the, the larger market is going to be for this product. Is it going to be for maybe the novices, the, the people that are intrigued by the legalization of recreational cannabis and just don't know where to start? Or, or do you think it's going to be by the people that are really experienced and, and they want to have that, uh, con- that cannabis connoisseur to really guide them for the best options as they wade through this tsunami of choice, as you say? Yeah, so I, it's it's a, it's an interesting question. I think it's this product is uh, is it's because it solves that problem of choice, and because everyone, whether you're an experienced consumer or a new consumer, you're going to be overwhelmed. Uh, it, it really is uh, it really is designed uh, for for I guess cannabis consumers of all levels. Uh, and the way that we've curated the initial uh, uh, cannabis collections discovery series volume one product, you know, we've curated five premium strains from different licensed producers. Um, you know. Uh, one being uh, Edison Cannabis Co., and that's a that's a, a an award-winning sativa product. Uh, one being uh, Saturday, which is uh, actually a CBD dominant sativa strain. So very good for whether you're uh, you're you're new to the industry or whether you just seek some of the uh, the, the the relief from CBD. Um, it's a very uh, it's a very mild strain, and 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 the brand for that is actually called Saturday Afternoon. So perfect for a Saturday afternoon. Uh, we also have like a a, a a very classic strain from Symbol uh, called Sour Kush. Uh, Haven Street has 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 provided a blueberry Kush, which is a a premium indica product. And uh, Seven Acres, uh, uh, they've submitted a Sensi Star, another uh, ultra premium indica product. So really good cross section. Uh, we, we consider that kind of the the perfect mix for any occasion. So, Greg, uh, as we leave you off, uh, where can people go if they want to find out more information, if they want to send in a job application to become one of these cannabis connoisseurs? Yeah, so for the for the cannabis curation committee, you can go to, that's uh, probably the number one question that we get asked is, is this a real job? And so if you go to the site, itsarealjob.com, uh, when you're on there, uh, you'll get a, a quick overview of the uh, of the uh, of the roles and the responsibilities. From there, you'll be able to submit uh, uh, your information, and, and there'll be a brief application. You know, it's not like any other job out there. So the application process is 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 fun. 
uh, it'll probably take you about three three minutes to fill it out, and then there's another open field for about uh, to submit 100 words about you. Um, the interest has been tremendous, frankly overwhelming, which is which is which is incredible. Um, uh, but we're we're you know we're 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 accepting applications up until the end of the month, and we encourage people to go to uh, itsarealjob.com for that. Well, excellent, uh, Greg. I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Perfect. Thank you. That's Greg Panelik. He is the CEO of Allot, and that does it for BIV Today. And I want to thank everybody for listening. You can find more of our stories at BIV.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And for now, we'll be back next time. <laughs>